I am Daniel Lucas, and welcome to Book 101, Book 101, The Book Starter Ride. For the last 40 years, and today, I have my special guest, author of Steamy Novels, no other than Mr. Kelly Maxer. Hello, Daniel. Hello, Mr. Kelly, and welcome back. Thank you. Before we go on and discuss again another book, because another week of all the books that we talk about. Okay. Um, we started out with the book, My Decision, uh, about a woman who has a uh, husband that shows no interest in her sexually, and she has to decide what she's going to do. Um, that's That was the first week. Then we did the story of Jane in the diaries of Jane, Jane's diaries. Um, and it's an eight-part story of um, uh, a man who, after his wife passes away, finds her diaries in the attic. Uh, and they describe a, a secret life that she had while they were married that he never knew and the life was full of um juicy bits of her lovers and also her private thoughts about her marriage her kids her husband so that's that's jane's story okay and then uh last week we did the six-part series called My Husband's Boss, where a couple during the 2008-2009 recession um, make a deal with the, the uh, husband's boss that they will offer the wife to be his mistress as collateral for the boss giving the husband uh, a promotion and a good job that uh, will allow them to get by during the hard times. And that's pretty much uh, a, a recap of, of these stories. Uh, very short recap. First uh, book that we talk about is a standalone uh, novel. And the second book that we talk about is a series as well as last week. Right, Mr. Kelly? Right, yeah. But my decision is a standalone book, standalone story. Um, and the other two, uh, Jane's Diaries and My Husband's Boss, are, are both series. Um, yes. Hey, so, Mr. Kelly, what are we going to talk about today? Well, today we're talking about another one of my standalone books, which is... Um, Kind of one of my favorite because it it touches on a lot of issues um, in in life, sexuality um, in general, um, and also it it it's about a it's told from the point of view of a uh, married woman, young married woman, uh, college educated, um, good background, and all this. And um, she has some issues that are related to size and sizes, not just one thing. So the name of the book is called Size Matters. Now, some people associate that, that <laughs> title <laughs> mm, yes. with, with male size only. Yes. But that's but that is not so much the case, although it's it's part of it in a roundabout way. <clears throat> the problem with this story is that Allison, the main character, is a very tall girl. The story is about a girl who's tall and um, uh, her thinking um, uh, Maybe I should give you some background uh, as to how I came about doing the story real quick. When Definitely. I was a, a teenager, uh, I worked at this 
place. And there was another girl that worked there um, amongst many. Um, and she and her, she and I became good friends. Uh, the thing about it is that she was a little taller than me and uh, real pretty. Uh, and to tell you the truth, I thought I didn't have a chance with her. So I didn't, yeah. I, I never did anything other than befriend her and all that. And eventually I found out that uh, from her sister, the girl quit and her sister came to take her place. Um, her young, her younger sister. By then, I was already in college, and um, her sister told me, "You know, she always liked you, but you never gave her the time of day because she's tall, and she also um, realized that no, no small guy wants to date a taller girl, and." You know, it's it's rough for us taller girls because she was tall also. Because um, the only guys that we can date is tall guys, uh, because every girl wants to be hooked up with and marry a guy that's taller than her. That leaves only the tall guys. But you know, tall guys like small girls, so we're left out in the lurch. And here she was; she really liked you, but you never. You never even considered her, which is true. I never did, much to my, um, you know, I. It was kind of wrong. I mean, she was a nice girl. I, mean, I had nothing bad against her. Real pretty too, but in my mind was like tall girl. She don't want to go out with a guy that's shorter than her. Um, it was only one inch, but every time she would put on heels, you know, she'd tire over me. So I just said, you know, would I have? Maybe, I don't know. I didn't even know that she liked me. You know, she was real good at keeping her emotions. Anyway, long story short, but yes. that girl, that girl is the impetus, the 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 driving force of this story. I Because um, I've run into a couple of taller women in, in my life and they all said the same thing. Uh, that they had problems finding men and uh, and all that because of, of of how society views tall women uh, and how um, you know women that are shorter they want to date these big guys. As one short woman told me where I worked, uh, yeah, my husband is big because I don't want to have short kids. I <laughs> wanted to have tall kids, so I didn't even give short guys a chance. So it's it's one of those weird things about our culture, no matter where or throughout humanity, uh, I think no matter what country you go to, you run into this problem. People have these preconceived notions about who should date whom and, and what, and those are the issues that we have. So here we come to this book, and Allison is this it starts out, she was a teenage girl. Um, she never stopped growing. Well, other girls stopped. You know, she kept growing until she was <laughs> real tall. And she was a basketball player and a volleyball player in, in um, high school. Real, real pretty. And um, she was asked to be a model. So a runway model, you know, those girls are usually tall. And she and her mom would go to New York or places where she would do runway modeling and all this. Uh, and while it was fun, it also swelled her head, made her thinking that she was, you know, kind of entitled. I mean, she was pretty, she was a model, she was a young girl and all that. And because of that, hardly anybody asked her out when she was <laughs> in high school. Uh, and then she said, um, See, while exposed to modeling, she learned that models, they only have a short life, you know, most of them. The, very few of them model into their 30s. Uh, so she said, why should I do this? Um, I'm smart enough to go to college. She said, I'm smart enough to go to college. So she took one of her scholarships in volleyball and went to college. 
And while she's in college, again, she's a tall girl and very few guys are going out with her. So she finally um, meets this one guy. He's six foot three. He's real tall. And he takes a liking to her. She takes a liking to him and, and all that. And uh, her roommate coaches her. Mind you, the girl is, by the way, she's a virgin. She's never had sex before. And the guy that she's meets is this hotshot guy who is known to be a womanizer. Um, but she thinks that maybe she's got a shot because, you know, there's a good looking tall guy who actually likes her. So, but she's not experienced. So her roommate basically puts her in a, in a crash course and teaches her about all kinds of things to do about sex including telling her, listen here, if you want to land a man, you've got to give him everything early, right away, so that he keeps coming back for more. <laughs> oh, and, wow. <laughs> yeah, so the poor girl is like, so, so her friend actually teaches her with toys as to what to do and all that. And she actually goes out with this guy and she does real good orally and the guy's interested and then they go to his room and this is the moment of truth she's never had sex it's the first time she's going to have sex and yes. the guy is the guy is again the size comes in this is why he was so popular with the girls he's real big he's well endowed well yes he takes her virginity and while he's in there, um, he reaches the bottom, so to speak, the back end, real quickly. Like, she's not very deep down there. Okay. Mm -hmm. Deep enough to take most of him. She, like, takes part of him, like, maybe about two-thirds, if, if that, and that's it. And he's used to, you know girls that can and he's like a little weirded out about it but she does her best but it kind of starts to hurt after a while when he keeps trying to push too deep anyway so um eventually she decides because like her girlfriend told her you know first time you better give him everything so that he'll come back <laughs> Yes. So she says, um, why don't we, do you have any lubricant? Why don't we try the, um, uh, the back door, so to speak? And uh, he's like, oh, my God, I've, I've hit the lottery with this girl. She does everything. <laughs> so oh, wow. th they do that. And, of course, because biology there's more room back there he manages to get all the way in and he enjoys himself and he's like oh this is great the only thing is that she can't bring herself to tell him about how it hurts when they do it on the front but she puts up with it until two months later he proposed to her and they're seniors in college, and now they're going to graduate soon, and he proposes, and they're going to get married as soon as they're, they're um, done with college. And they're making arrangements, oh. where, what jobs they're going to take, where they're going to go live, and all that, and have a life. But she hasn't told them about the problem. And it's kind of uncomfortable for her uh, whenever they do it that way but she puts up with it because she figures that where am i going to get another guy like this he's tall <laughs> good looking he's nice to me um I'll, I'll just deal with it and i'll just do everything else to make up for you know and all that well fast forward they do this they get married they have a honeymoon they come back and while they're now they're in the real world and you know the romance is over after the i do part in the honeymoon and now they're home and there's like bills on life and everything else and in their sex life he kind of tries to 
be a little bit more forceful when he has her up front and he ends up hurting her uh, and he got pissed off when she told him to stop and the next day because she was hurting real bad she goes to her gynecologist and the gynecologist says uh, listen you you got some heavy duty bruising in there and she asked about the husband how big he was and all this and she said and you're also very shallow you're not very deep for a big girl like you she said, um, oh, no, she says to her, but I'm a tall girl. Why don't I, what, you know, there are smaller girls I hear that are, that can deal with it. And she said, look, the doctor says, look, it's how we're built. Our bodies are all different. Some are, some men are longer, some men are shorter. Some women are deeper, some, some are not. Um, some women have big boobs, some women have small, you know, tall, short, fat, slim, you name it, we're all different. And that's the reality. And your reality is that um, your husband needs to be gentle with you or else you're gonna have internal damage. Uh, anyway, so she gets him on the phone, uh, the doctor does and ex tries to explain to him, the guy gets a little irritated and when, you know, but they kind of sort it out. And when they get home, he says to her, how come it took this long for you to tell me? And in the end, she has to come clean and tell him what happened, that she never told him about her situation. She never told him that she was a virgin the first night that they met. Um, you know, she went out of her way to distract him so that he didn't notice. Um, she was very duplicitous because what she thought she was, she's, mind you, she's a bit entitled in her thinking. I deserve the tall guy. I have to, you know, to, in her mind, it's like, I'll do what I got to do to get that guy. So she wasn't honest with him from the beginning because she was afraid that she was going to lose him. But eventually, like all these things when, you know, where we try and deceive and, and lie to people, uh, you can only get away with that with strangers or people that you don't meet all the time, but people you live with, sooner or later, they figure stuff out and things come out. And that's what happens with her. And after that, their marriage is not too good because he doesn't trust her and their sex is not as good as, you know, as it used to be. Um, and eventually they spent less time with each other. She ends up getting a job where uh, she travels and all that. And she gets back from a trip and finds him in bed with one of the neighbors. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's where um, she, you know, she realizes that she, she has a, a nervous breakdown and she's driving and passes a bridge and gets out of the car and she's thinking about jumping. And a woman cop um, tricks her into, um, distracts her and grabs her and pulls her back and handcuffs her. They take her to the hospital, psychiatric hospital where they, they keep her for a week until they figured out what happened and all that. But the long and the short of it is that her marriage is over because the husband never showed up to even ask how she was. Uh, and um, so she takes time off from work and she, she calls in and tells him that she can't come in for a while. She needs to get herself together and all that. And her dad uh, hires an investigator to find out about her husband and what he's been doing. And the guy, basically, the investigator tells her, you know, your husband has been cheating on you now for the last year. Every time you were away, wow. yeah, every time you were away, he was cheating. And he basically documented, he said, well, the three people that I know for sure that could be more is your neighbor that you caught him with, uh, a woman at his job, 
and another woman who's a manager of a bar in town somewhere. And she says, I don't even know who this woman is. She says, I know the woman at his job. But anyway, bottom line is she divorces him. And that's it with him. Uh, they sell the house and uh, he goes his own way and she goes about her business. And um, that's pretty much the, the, you know, the first third of the story, so to speak. Uh, and it's all about that this story has a lot to do, an explanation of the size problems in life about how the and and a thing called physical incompatibility you can fall in love with anybody but physically speaking there may be issues that prevent the couple from having a decent sex life um and while some people say uh you know that's why you should road test somebody before you marry them you know, uh, in this case, he did road test her, but she was lying to him. So, yes. um, and so that, that I, I wanted to, to touch on certain points of, of these issues, um, how some women, when they heard like his coworker, um, she's married with three kids but when she heard or she realized that uh, the, the main character's woman, um, what, husband, is well endowed, she put her marriage on the line to have an affair with him. Uh, the, the neighbor, the same thing. And most likely the woman at the bar did the same thing also. Um, so there's that aspect of it, you know, how some women are... Um, uh, and here, here, this is an interesting thing because um, I've had some women have conversations with me and, and I've also seen some polls where they ask women about what size man they prefer. And what's interesting is that women say in these polls, I'd like to try the guy who's real big, but I don't want him to be my regular partner they want somebody they don't want somebody too small but they don't want somebody too big because then they're not enjoying it and i i remember a woman that i used to work with who basically told us that um the reason why her and her husband got divorced other than his cheating uh was um that he was too big and he would hurt her and you know, and one of the women said, okay, now I've been with a guy who was big. He didn't hurt me. And she said, well, when my husband was civil to me, he didn't hurt me. He would stop at a certain point. And it was fun. And that's what happened before we got married and early on in our marriage. But every time he got angry at me, he would take it out on me sexually and the next day I had a hard time walking and it was painful during, and I wasn't enjoying it. And in the end, she said, I had enough. Now, the first time I heard that, I was like, okay, this has to be an aberration. How many guys like that are there? But then there was a guy that I knew who confided in me that he was big, but that women would try him out. But they didn't, want to, you know, like he asked a couple of them to marry them, and they were like, yes. uh, "No, I don't think so. No, I'm sorry, I, I can't, I can't handle that." And I, I, I said to him, "Is this for real? Or are you just making it up?" And he said, "It, it's depressing." He said, "So he says basically, I'm, I'm going to be a single guy, and, and you know, he says I know that I can attract women, but they don't stick around long." So that is one aspect of the size, you know, um, equation. And of course, we talked about the height issue, you know, people who want somebody, you know, of a specific height. Uh, now, you've got some people who really like uh, small women. 
whether they're tall or whether they're whatever they are. Um, then you have uh, some guys who are attracted to women that are taller. Un unfortunately for tall women, though, there's not that many men um, who, according to statistics, that want to get married to um, a, you know, a, a taller woman. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with uh, the actor Mel Brooks, the guy who did Blazing Saddles, the movie. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, okay. He was only five foot five, and he was married to the actress Anne Bancroft, who was five eight. Oh, wow. <laughs> and yeah, and they were inseparable. I mean, um, they, I, until she passed away about, now what, 12, 15 years ago, um, they were together constantly. I mean, there was never, um, you know, there, anyone who knew them said that, you know, she thought the world of him, he thought the world of her. Um, so there are some, some guys who are that way. I mean, that um, doctor who was the viral doctor for during the, um, uh, the lockdown, two years ago, uh, Dr. Fauci, uh, he's a short man with a tall wife. So it's not like there, there's no men that will go with a taller woman or, or tall women that will go with a shorter man. There, there are. It's just that that is a, a for most of them, there's a problem. Uh, and the, you know, girls have been raised to think that they should date somebody who's bigger than them. You know, I mean, my, my wife tells me I'm, I'm Glad that I found somebody who's bigger than me. She's she's not big herself. Though. My my wife is short, you know. Sure. Yes. Uh, but she she told me under no circumstances would she have dated somebody shorter than her. Um, oh wow! Yeah. So listen, I I, I got to tell you something. I like I told you last week. I try not to pass judgment on these people. Uh, every, we all have our 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 kinks, our our preferences, uh, and all that. I mean, uh, the actor, uh, Mr. De Niro, uh, he only likes black women. Really? All his wives and girlfriends have been black, and he oh. he, yeah, he won't give um, you know white women the time of day. I mean, they're his buds but not, not to get married to or to date or anything else. Um, the actor John Wayne had a thing for Hispanic brunettes. Um, okay. Yeah, the actress, uh, Mary, um, uh, what was her name? Um, it was this famous German actress um, who uh, worked in Hollywood. Uh, anyway, a blonde. And she said that her and him dated briefly and they were somewhere at dinner. And of course, you know, with actors, they put them right in the middle so that everybody would see them at the restaurant and all this. And he said, she said, this beautiful brunette woman walked in the room and she said, John just kept staring at her. And I sat there wondering what the hell happened to our date <laughs> because that's how he was. <laughs> And if you okay. look at all the wives that John Wayne had, except from the last one, they were all Hispanic brunettes from his first one uh, to the second and third, I think, or something to that effect. But anyway, long story short, we all have our, our preferences for things that we like. Um, and in this case, in this story, um, that that is one of the issues that that I talk about. I talk about the the sexual incompatibility of people. Um, you know, too big, too small, too this, too that. Um, now, another aspect of this book is the infidelity, and I figured that I couldn't get a book big enough <laughs> by just <laughs> discussing size. So I thought I would toss in some infidelity because that's another topic that, that is prevalent in our society. Um, and um, 
uh, unlike my character Jane in the uh, Jane's Diaries books, who decided that she was going to be a cheater and she never got caught, like most of them, believe it or not, statistically speaking, 85% of people who cheat never get caught. Uh, and uh, of those that do get caught or, or exposed, let me correct that, of those that are exposed, only 7% to 8 are caught. The other 7 to 8% expose themselves, like during a divorce or, or after or whatever, or, or even during a marriage out of spite, they'll tell the husband, oh, by the way, yeah, I screwed your friend or, you know, some, some to that effect. But so basically most of them don't get, don't get caught in the, in the stories they do, you know, because we're not going to have a story. I mean, I spun a story out of a woman that never got caught, but you know, how many Jane diary stories can you write? <laughs> So <laughs> you need um, in the in the genre, you know, of cheating, somebody got, has to get caught so that you can have a little bit of drama. And that's basically what happens in the story when uh, Allison gets home and finds that her hubby is doing the neighbor who she thought was her friend. Um, yes. You know, they used to talk a lot and all that. And she becomes, um, and here's a, an aspect of the cheating culture. Um, you have two, two kinds of people in the cheating culture. Those who cheat and those that are cheated upon. The cheaters and the cheated. Okay, And the cheaters do what they do and they basically make a personal decision that they're going to cheat. I mean, they're, and you can, you know, we talked about that with Jane as to what, why she did it. She, she was like entitled and she thought that, you know, she, she quote unquote deserved to have her fun. And um, so long as uh, she was a good wife and mother um, and a good worker and help pay the bills and this and that and everything, that what she did a little bit on the side was her business. That that's Jane's way. Um, what happens to Allison in Size Matters is that she's on the other end. She is the cheated, the cheated wife, the wronged wife, um, and she's bitter. Um, she's bitter towards obviously her husband, um, and um, she's also bitter towards the woman from her husband's job who um, knew her, knew that her husband was married and did him anyway and put her marriage on the line. And she develops a, a mindset that some, not everybody, some of the people that have been cheated on, the need for revenge towards somebody they're, they're spite they become spiteful and they feel like they have to do something about it and um, she finds a you know she doesn't attack her or, or do anything like that but she figures out a way to get even and I don't want to spoil it because it's part of the story but she finds a way to get even with this woman for doing what she did um, and I put that in there. Uh, and I didn't make it into a moralistic thing. I mean, she herself, the character, Allison, is being moralistic. I mean, when she reams the, the other woman, she's basically, you know, giving her a piece of her mind and, boy, you broke your vows and how could you do it? And you're blah, blah, blah. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a very moral indignation that drives the conversation between them. And um, that is part of these people, the people that are, have been cheated upon, be they men or women, and they, they bring that um, bitterness with them uh, for the rest of their life. 
in one way or another. Now, not all of them, some of them. Uh, and I'll tell you, I am one of them because my previous significant other, when I was younger, uh, thank God we didn't have kids. Um, she was big on running around and doing whoever she wanted. In the end, when we broke up, she basically told me, listen, you're a nice guy and all that and uh, nothing against you, but um, I want to be single. And Wow. Yeah. And she, now I, I'll tell you this, the way I saw it, she did me a favor because uh, we were young, we didn't have children and I could move on and, and have a life and say, okay, not you, then somebody else. And uh, thank you very much and moved on. Did I like it? No, because I did have feelings for her and everything. And, and it did hurt when I found out. But the way that I saw it was uh, you can't force people to be something that they're not and to be with someone they don't want to be with. So I accepted it and, and I moved on. And I got to tell you something. She's not the only one. I mean, I had I had another girlfriend who I found out that while she was dating me, uh, she was dating somebody else. And she was telling me that she was in love and wanted us to, you know, do, do more and all that. Meanwhile, she's she's hedging her bets with somebody else. But it didn't bother me that much because I didn't my feelings towards her were not reciprocated. So when I found out, I was like, uh, OK, thanks. And, and I moved on again, but so these things happen and there's people in life who have that happen to them. And they say, the person at fault here is the person who did this, you know, the, you know, you hear the comment of, um, uh, you know, some women say to men, you men are all alike. Or, or guys who have had a problem with a woman say, women are all this or that. And I remember being young in my early 20s when this thing happened with, with my ex. And I said, she's just one of millions. I mean, doesn't mean that everybody's like her. Because I knew of people within my family and friends and other, you know, and they weren't like, you know, like her. Um, so I said to myself, you know, I got to move on. I, that's how it is. Now, healthy people do that. Unfortunately, some people don't. They become spiteful and hateful and resentful, and they take it with them like you won't believe. Um, uh, as a matter of fact, there is a website online called literatica.com where people post erotic works. Most of it is decent. You know, the people there, and what I mean by decent is that the people who go there and read and comment are like, you know, just people who read that stuff and have interest and their comment will be about, you know, the story or whether they liked it or whether it was good or not, whether the writing was good, blah, 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 whatever. But there is one page called Loving Wives, and it is, unfortunately, it, it, it is full of people who are women haters. A lot of them are guys who went through a divorce usually a nasty divorce, lost their kids, lost everything. I mean, in my case, I didn't lose anything. I mean, other than, you know, we divided, decided who's going to get the toaster and who's going to get the car. Who's gonna, You know what I'm saying? It was like minor. But when there's children involved in a house and a life and all that, and you go through divorce and you have guys who are, who have to pay child support for like 10, 15 years, um, and also pay for the mortgage of the house because she gets to keep the house because the kids are living in the house. And the court awards um, custody to mothers, uh, like in my county where I live, 13 times to one in favor of women over men. 
So most, most of these men, they go through the divorce and it's ugly. They get raped and they develop anger and resentment like you don't know. And they are likely to be in that page. Some of the stuff that these people write uh, will, will make you cringe. I mean, I, I have Allison be a little resentful and trying to be creative in getting even with the woman who wronged her. But compare to what those people write there, uh, it's minor. And compared to some of the women I knew when I was working who had been divorced um, and their anger towards men, um, my character, Allison, is mild compared to them. But I thought I included in the in the story simply to to show the you know what the difference between to show the some of the feelings that these people have, the resentment, um, you know, and how far they go. Um, I have, I've had conversations and arguments with some of these people basically telling them, how long has it been since you were divorced? And I go, 15 years, I'm like 15 years, and you still feel this way? Aren't you married again? Yeah. I, I would hate to be the wife of these guys or the husband of these women who went through a bad divorce and are still carrying the, the angst, the anger, the, the, the resentment, the anger, you know, the, the need to get even and all that. It darkens your soul. Imagine living with a person like that. I mean, imagine you're this woman, you know, you meet this guy and the two of you fall in love and you get married and all that. And you hear that he's, he's divorced and you're like, okay, well, you know, that happens a lot nowadays, I, but he seems like a nice guy. I'm going to, I'm going to make a life with him. And as time passes, uh, it comes out that he's still hung up on his ex-wife and what she did and he can't stand her, and it comes up in conversations, and there's anger and resentment, and what did the bitch do, and I'm still paying child support, and you know, and the, and the things that come out out of these people's mouths are not nice. I mean, they're not happy people. They're, like I said, there's a darkness in their soul. Um, and while I included it in, in my story a little bit, uh, Allison in the end ends up learning how to cope with it. But I never made her fully cured from it. There's a, there's a point where she uh, and a new guy that she knows, they go to counseling uh, before they get married because she still has those issues and the woman counselor basically is telling her, look, you know, you got to let it go because not everybody is like that. It's the, that person that you had, you know, that kind of a thinking. So it's represented in the story. So the, the story is basically in, in kind of like two parts. One has to do with the size issues and size matters. And the other one has to do, with the infidelity and the psychological damage to people um, who who have been through it, um, and in this case, it's a woman. And to her credit, she's not one of those that is like totally lost to and hateful. Um, I, I got to tell you, I've ran into a couple of these women. Basically, um, they never wanted to get married ever again or trust another man ever again. And here's the sad thing. Some of these women based all their, their beliefs as to what men were and why they shouldn't have another one on just one guy because they, they have been raised with the myth that you meet somebody, you fall in love, and that's it for the rest of your life. And that's how it is. Um, and 
they don't just fall in love with one guy and stay with him all their life. In this case, they fall in love, they have a bad marriage, they have a divorce, and they end up hating him for the rest of their life to the point that they never give another guy another chance. They never give themselves another chance to have a life. At least uh, uh, Allison in this story goes past that point and she does decide to date again and, you know, make a life for herself afterwards um, and deal with her size issues and her mentality and the entitlement that she had for being, you know, pretty and, you know, and a model and all that. I and mean, she has to, Basically, she has to grow up. Um, and it, she took the hard road to get there. Um, it, it goes to show you that even these women who are, you know, the, the, the top of the food chain of women, you know, the beautiful models and all this, they go through problems. And I wrote this story before... I don't know if you're familiar with the uh, lady um, model, Michelle Bunchen. She was married mm. to a football player, Brady. Yes. Yes. Yeah. He is the one who has won multiple Super Bowls and uh, more than any, any other quarterback, I believe, in history. Well, she gave up about 15 years ago. She gave up her modeling career so that they can get married and have children. And I believe they have three kids. And the deal was that because he's a quarterback and a football player, and let's face it, those guys, most of them, by the time they're 30 to 32, 33, they're done. Either they're, they're just not fast enough or strong enough anymore because the sport demands such so much of them that they can't physically meet the demands of the sport, or they get injured. I mean, injuries in football are the main reason why these guys can continue. Well, this guy was lucky enough that he's in his, he was in his early 40s still playing football. But they had made a deal, the two of them, that once the kids reached a certain age, he was going to quit football. I mean, he only he had more rings, foot, championship rings than anybody else. I mean, one more did he want? And she was going to go back to work. Well, he reneged on the deal. And yeah, yeah. And not only that, he started seeing an old girlfriend. So here she is, top of the food chain woman. I mean, she's still beautiful. I mean, I just saw pictures of her. Um, yesterday about a photo shoot she was doing and I was like no way this woman is 41 years old I, she's got like the looks the body the everything well the, the mentality of these people you know especially beautiful women it goes to their head there's a certain ego boost and a um, and it's entitlement, ego, you know, they're, they're, they, they think that because things come to them easily because of their looks. So before we go on, Mr. Kelly, I have the people listening in Germany. Oh, Germany in the past, I got 23%, Bavaria, 19%. Rainland Plus at 16%, North 15%, Land Berlin at 8%, Lower Saxony at 4%, Baden Wurttemberg 2%, Baden Wurttemberg at 2%, Saxony at 2%, Baden Wurttemberg, Saxon at 2%, Salzburg Holstein, Hamburg, Thuringia, Free and City of Hamburg, Sirland, uh, Merlinburg, Wormen, Saxony, Anhaltsburg, and last but not the least, Bremen. Thank you, Germany, for supporting this podcast because this podcast 
created to empower writers all over the world, like Mr. Kali Matsos. So, Mr. Kali, can you invite our listeners to buy all your books? Um, my books are a little bit different than other people in the erotica genre. As a matter of fact, they're part erotica, but they also have an, a theme of marriage issues and married life and how the eroticism of married people um, is influenced uh, and how, how it exists, how the different ways that it manifests itself. So um, if, if you're looking for something different, um, spicy and, and um, uh, definitely uh, steamy, but you want a story that goes with it and characters that are believable, uh, my books are for you. Uh, and I have a selection of 31 at the moment, and I'm writing more. Um, and some are standalone books, like the, the one we talked about tonight, Size Matters. And then there are others that are in serious form. Uh, short series, some that are like just two books. And then there are some that are as many as eight. So you're invited to read as many as possible because... That's what I want you to do. Yes, people, let's support Mr. Kali Maxis because, well, all the novels or its TV novels he adopted mostly from his experiences. Right, Mr. Kali? Yes, sir. Bodycon people, see you soon.